we have the first uh, virtual podcast episode. Uh, yeah, breaking new ground. Yeah, yeah, everybody gets to see my bedroom. It's, uh, a little unsettling. It's clean though. It's clean though. I see you out here. You know, I may have had to do some touch-ups uh, right before this. But... Hey everyone, welcome to Without a Roadmap. My name is Jonas, and I'm a PM at Parlor. Uh, this is a show for product people who don't have all the answers. Uh, Today, we're joined by my co-host. Want to introduce yep. yourself? My name is Cameron Curry, also a team at Parlor. Uh, Parlor is a startup located in downtown Boston. Uh, today, we have John Papali, my good friend. Um, known for a long time since our BU days playing basketball together. Um, he's a customer success manager over at Zappy. So, John, why don't you go out and uh, give a shout out to yourself? Yeah, thanks, Cam. Uh, like Cam said, I work at Zappy here in Boston in the seaport. And that picture behind Cam's face is actually mine. So <laughs> shout, out, shout out to that nice, massive <laughs> pic in the background. Uh, nice frame. <laughs> so today we're switching up a little bit. Instead of having uh, a product guest, like our last two guests, Eliana and Caitlin, we decided to have JP come on and give us his perspective as a customer success. I had the lucky privilege of begging him to come on the show since he's one of my good friends. So I kind of forced him to do this. <laughs> so, so I uh, appreciate you hopping on the show. Why don't you just get started with uh, kind of going over your background, how you went from uh, from sales over to the, the coaching at BU for a couple of years and then back into the corporate life and customer success. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been. Well, first off, uh, I'm happy to be on the show, <laughs> despite the intro. I think I'm one of the few people who had the privilege to hear the the lost episode, the first, the first. Day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's the day, first he's day one fan. Yeah, I've been a fan since day one. So uh, I, I do appreciate being on here. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I feel like I've had a pretty unique journey since graduation. I worked for a year in sales at a cybersecurity company called Carbon Black out in Waltham. And after about a year doing that, just was a typical 23-year-old who didn't love what he was doing and didn't really know what to do. So given the fact that I played basketball my whole life, I thought I'd give it a try to uh, coaching college and I did have the opportunity to get my master's while I coached at BU the past two years and then upon finishing my master's I was looking to leave the college coaching world uh, I had a lot of fun it was a great experience but not something that I personally wanted to do for the rest of my life and I just tried to tie all my experiences together think about what it is that I thought I would excel in what type of company I want to work for and just started looking around Boston and ended up here at Zappy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I want to, I want to give a quick shout out to the Boston university Terriers who just punched the ticket into March madness. Unfortunately, the tournament's been canceled, but still had to give a shout out to my guys over there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so John, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, transition from sales into customer success? I'm like curious, you know, why you thought you might, you know, find yourself more happy in that sort of role and, and you know, maybe what sort of overlap you've seen uh, across the two roles. Yeah, absolutely. I, for me personally, it, it just came down to what I thought my personality and my strengths were best suited for. 
I think it takes a, a certain type of person to excel in the sales role. And I just felt that I'm more of a, a nurturing relationship, helping people out uh, type of person. And I felt like that fit customer success much more than sales. I always used to joke around that I, I was way too nice. Like I would be talking <laughs> to folks and as soon as I had one objection, I'd be like, oh, okay, like <laughs> that's fine. So, uh, that, it was more, more of a personal decision. You know, I just felt it was a better fit for my personality. Um, so that, that's kind of why I made the transition. I feel that they've, uh, they've had us try our hands with sales a little bit and yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's the, the best fit for me, you know, we got to do what you got to do. Startup lifestyle, uh, everybody wears many hats, but uh, yeah, getting those, uh, those no opens on emails, uh, I spent <laughs> all this time crafting, you know, personalizing it. You don't even open it. Yeah. That's, that's hard. So I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. It hurts. <laughs> it definitely hurts. <laughs> it does. It does. Can you all kind of let's go over like customer success? Cause to me, it's a fairly new role in my eyes and, and maybe just generally to everybody else too. So kind of just go over like what customer success is, what are like your day-to-day -day responsibilities and like how does that kind of differ from like an account manager? Yeah, well, I think to your point, it, no one really knows one definition for it. I think it's different at every company just because every company has a different offering, right? So a customer success person at one company may just be in charge of renewing contracts and being that day-to-day -day account manager. And then for myself, that's really not what my day-to-day -day is at all. I much more, I view it as a partnership, I'm more of a partner for our customers to help them get the most value out of Zappi and our platform. So I think to answer your question, what customer success is, I think it can be a lot of things and it really ends up coming down to what the company does. Mm. And what's, uh, in your opinion, what sort of metrics would a customer success team be responsible for? I'm kind of, uh, you know, I feel like that's, that seems like there's a lot of overlap between CS and, and product. And I'm curious where the overlap is and maybe, you know, what falls outside of the realm of what product people should do and what y'all should focus on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I, for me, I think they definitely should be aligned. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're working with the customers and obviously on, on the front line of their experience with the product. So we want to make sure that the feedback that we're tying back to the product team and, and what our goals are and what we're working towards on a daily basis, it needs to align with, with making the product the best that it can be for our customers. In terms of what those hard metrics are, I think, <laughs> again, I think that's a tough one just because it, it is a newer role in the, in the last 10 years or so. So I think a lot of folks are trying to nail that down. I know it's something that even here at Zappi, we have discussions about what we feel is best for us to be measured by. So it, it's tough. I think, you know, having, having people using the platform, expanding their usage, things like that is, are things that can tie both into us as a customer success team because we're the ones working with the customers to get them to that place, but also the product team because they need to make the products get to a place where, you know, customers are able to expand their usage. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I like how you mentioned like making sure that the product, I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but like how I viewed or interpreted like what you said is like making sure that customers are getting the stuff they need to order to be successful within the product. And I know like as product people, like we can kind of fall in the trap sometimes of just like building this new cool stuff because 
like that's what we like to do. Like that's why we're for PMs to, to build new cool stuff, but it doesn't always translate to like providing the best value to customers because we can kind of be misaligned because you guys are the ones, customer facing people are the ones receiving most of the feedback from the customers because since you guys deal with them on a day to day. And so kind of want to ask you like, how do you think uh, like the collection and like organization of feedback that you receive from the customers should like kind of be done and kind of like handed off to like the product team just to make sure that like we're tightly aligned, we're all moving in the same steps. So we're not like building a new feature that no one's going to actually use or find valuable. Yeah, I think it definitely should be in a place where it can be streamlined and almost automated so that if I get feedback, it's coming directly from my customer, ideally right on our platform. So then it lives in a place where maybe I can consolidate it, but then you being on the product side, you can go on to the same view or the same tool and say, okay, John got this feedback today. I know that this other CSM also got the same feedback. This is something I should probably prioritize rather than I feel like a lot of the time the process is someone tells me something when I'm talking to a customer, I have to then go and submit a ticket or do something or consolidate it in some other place. They have to then be alerted to it or they're not alerted to it. And maybe they just are sifting through, they see it, someone picks it up and it kind of just, there's so many steps I feel like. Yep. Whereas if there was a process where it could just live in one place and even our customers can, can do it right on the platform and, and not even have to take that step to, to reach out to me directly, it's right there for them and they can just leave it and know that I'll see it. I, I think that would be ideal. Yeah. So I actually was in a, like account manager, customer success uh, role as an intern as my last company. And then they, when they hired me, I came on full time as a product manager. So I actually got to see how both of those, uh, those kind of roles interacted. And yeah, it was super interesting that, you know, there was a lot of feedback coming in from all these different people, whether they're like, you know, business clients, like uh, on the B2B side or the consumer, but you know, the way that we were submitting it to the product team was basically all treated all the same. And that's where we found issues with uh, the product team actually like taking action is because they didn't, they kind of lacked the details in order to, you know, make solid prioritization around the feedback. It was just kind of like a mismatch of a bunch of different things that people want. And uh, when you kind of like lose control or lose uh, in all the details that are like going to help them actually prioritize it, you know, it makes it hard for them to make a decision. And then in the end, the customers end up upset because, you know, they actually, uh, you know, you're, nothing's done. Uh, and that's, I think, the worst case scenario. And that's, uh, I don't know, I think uh, probably what the CSMs like, you know, main job is when it comes to working with product people is probably to like, you know, provide the meat, the details necessary to make sure that a product person understands the value necessary or the value in this, you know, product update or request. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it goes back to Cam's point that he, that he was making before about tying everything together and that there's definitely a need to, to build those shiny new things that, that are awesome, but <laughs> also you have to have the context behind there's, there's a lot of steps to get to that end place. And sometimes customers may not be in a place where they're ready to use that, that end shiny new thing. And to your point, exactly. I think tying everything together so that you guys can prioritize things and, and know what the customers are looking for specifically definitely helps. Yeah, I feel like it's a balance in that because 
I'm sure like not everybody, like the goal is to all, obviously to have everybody have a seamless, flawless experience within your product, but like that's not always going to be the case. So I feel like it's also important to like understand like who the feedback is coming from because I feel like not all users are equal. Like sometimes you can have like a really big account where like if things are like completely breaking, you've got to just focus all your efforts on making sure like that is that that customer is good to go instead of just trying to like just please everybody at the same time because then you just fall in a trap of not doing anything of importance because you're trying to satisfy all the fires at once. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's kind of uh, switch over to maybe uh, like your experience as a, as a CSM because it's been about almost a year now, right? Uh, you over at Zappy? Yeah, coming up on a year. Well, congratulations early. Uh, <laughs> what's uh, been the most surprising thing for you in your uh, customer success uh, adventure so far? Yeah, there's been two main things that, that I found to be surprising in this role. The first one being that it's really refreshing to see that some customers really are willing to invest in your product and your company and, and go along the journey with, with you and knowing that what you have isn't a finished product and it never is, right? But they're willing to invest time by whether it's giving you feedback or testing things when they're in alpha. It's It's really cool to see that there are people out there that are customers, but they also care about your company. They appreciate the work that you do for them and they're willing to in turn help you out and invest their own time and some of their effort to, to make your company and your product better. Yeah. And then I, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just, I, uh, the other part of that would just be that I think there's a tendency when you are working with customers and people who are giving their money to use your product, you feel like you can never tell them no but I found that when you can find the right way to push back on customers and be more of that trusted advisor and telling them when your product can't help them and they need to look elsewhere or just pushing back because they trust you to make the right recommendation uh, that's also been, been a surprising thing for me because I think when you first come into it, you're like I have to always do what they say I have to make sure that they whatever they say has to get done and, and you kind of get to a place where you realize that you're more of a partner and, and you can push back and you can say no and you can steer them other directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a, that's a strategic balancing act because a lot of times like, you know, you obviously have business, business objectives and priorities in mind too. And while, you know, making sure the customer is happy is one of them. Sometimes, you know, it isn't the, you know, the highest priority. Uh, so that's interesting though the, that is a balancing act and then to your first uh your first point yeah like i, I feel like philosophically I, I think that like people are inherently good and even though they're paying for your product uh you know like they'll they're they'll, they're going to be willing to work with you uh you know as long as they they understand that you're working in their best interest uh to some degree it's just kind of something to keep in mind and you know in any business yeah for sure like Jonas and i were just talking to another pm it's so like a quick networking chat uh, earlier this week from a pretty successful startup, I would say. <laughs> not not going to name drop, but uh, he was kind of like echoing the same thing, like um, just trying to include like your customers in the process of like the decision of like either pushing back or trying to get them to understand like, hey, we can't get everything you, you want or like maybe we're still in the process of building like it's in the alpha stage, but just including them in the decision and like because they're going to understand like 
look, they've probably been in the same situation where they can't get everything they, they want for a client and they have to push back and say no sometimes. Like, so saying no is probably okay for the majority of the time because people are going to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then letting them know that like, even when, you know, you're, you're not showing them something that you're constantly working on something is, is like goes such a long way. So that's the importance of people who are working directly with like clients and account manager roles. It's like, Hey, like we're pushing this out. I know it's not what you wanted, but you know, we're working on behind the scenes. It's uh, it yeah. goes a long way and letting them know. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Since, since JP, John is the, <laughs> is the customer facing person here. Um, I did have like a, a question for you to kind of help us out. So, um, Jonas and myself are dealing with a lot of customers and we are PMs, but primarily it's the first time, my first time dealing with customers directly. How do you kind of balance the act of say there's like a problem going on with the, with the customer's experience in the platform. Um, but the PMs and engineers are strapped and they can't fix the solution because they're working on this new feature that should greatly improve their experience. But, like that feature is taking priority. So they obviously can't fix the bug like right away. And they're just constantly hitting you up via live chat and emails like, yo, what's going on? I need, I, this is not working for me. Like, so how do you kind of try to deal with, deal with that balance and that good? You know, stuff isn't working correctly, but the team is strapped because they're trying to deliver this big new feature. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a great <laughs> question. I, I mean, it's obviously a challenge, right? And there are instances yeah. where it's, it's just tough because there's not much that can be done. But the one thing I would say is as, as a CSM, I, I feel like you become an expert in your product almost, I believe, just as much as the product folks are. Obviously, oh, for sure. you'll have that behind the scenes context of what goes into it that goes way over my head. But, um, <laughs> but where I'm going with that is I, I think the, the key to that is to being able to provide workarounds for them and understanding that, okay, you may not be able to do what you're trying to do, but why don't we try this? And it may not get us exactly where you're trying to go, or it may take more steps than you're originally used to, but providing those workarounds for them while folks can work on the solution in, in the background, I, I feel like that's the key thing. Obviously there's going to be times where there are no workarounds, like something's just broken and, and those get the, the urgent care that they need, but there are times where something does happen and it, it does change a customer's workflow. And instead of just saying, Hey, it's broken, I'll get back to you and it's finished. I think working with them to say, okay, this is the problem and here's how we can work around it while our team works on a solution it is the best way to go. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> but yeah that's that's never an easy situation uh, i definitely dealt with it in some cases like there isn't even a workaround and nope. i'm curious like, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 where uh, your charm comes into play <laughs> yeah well and, hopefully uh, you've uh, you've gotten to a place right where you've built a, a little bit of rapport with them and you're interacting on a daily basis and this is a human thing so when those instances occur, hopefully you have that relationship where you can just be honest and say, Hey, this, this is an issue that we need to fix and we need some time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's interesting. And even from the product side, like we're acting as our account managers or customer success managers right now, we're seeing that, you know, building the relationship is, is definitely uh, essential because especially on early, on the earlier side, like with that relationship, you get so much more than just a client, you get a beta tester, you get somebody who's gonna like let you know, you know, give you great feedback. And 
yeah, that's the CSMs are, are essential for that. Yeah, speaking of them being so essential, because I believe like now being like on the ground floors of a startup and like seeing how like difficult it is actually interacting with like the like the challenges and the pressure you face with actually doing people you that pay your company money to use your product. Um, as like a PM, like still growing into like how I do my work as a PM and this my overall role and expertise as a PM. How do you think um, like a PM and the customer success team think should try, try to just coordinate and align themselves together? So I feel like as companies grow, like obviously you have to get more structured and introduce more processes around how teams work together, introduce new teams. So kind of just want to hear your thoughts on how you would implement like a customer success team uh, at like a startup company. Yeah, I think at, in that small stage, it, it's just imperative that you're working hand in hand in my opinion, because as we were talking about before, folks in my position, they're going to be on the ground level working with the customers, getting that feedback in. The key is delivering something that your customers want and need, right? So it, I think it has to be constant communication. I think you have to be working together. And I think something that I've experienced here at Zappi, which I think is, is unbelievable, it's awesome, is that we have PMs that they want to talk to certain customers. They want to have monthly chats with them. They want to hear their feedback so that they can make the product that they're working on the best it can be for customers. So I think it has to be a hand-in-hand -hand relationship. Uh, I would love, I don't have the answer for those bigger corporations that you said where it's a, a lot more red tape to, to go around in processes. But I think, especially for you guys or even for us that were smaller, I think you have to work hand-in-hand -hand because at the end of the day, we're all just trying to satisfy our customers, right? That's yeah. the key. <laughs> so I think we have that context and then you guys have the expertise behind the product. So it has to be uh, a pretty a pretty regular working relationship. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, I like in, a, that. It, uh, in a in a dream scenario, I guess uh, not even necessarily where you are now, but is there like a playlist or like a workflow or set of workflows in mind that you think would be kind of the best way for CS and P uh, and product teams to you know work together? Yeah, and maybe even some tips for like other how teams may be able to improve the way they're doing it now. Yeah. Well, I think both parties have to be open to, to feedback and just honest conversations about, A, what maybe needs to get done versus what can actually get done. I mean, I think just what I was saying before, having PMs that will meet with certain customers, obviously can't meet with all of them, but whoever the CS team maybe feels is a, is a reliable source for, for good feedback, meeting with them once a month, I think, having the CS leader meet with the PMs once or twice a month and consolidating the rest of the team's feedback and then going to them with, with recommendations or priorities that are coming directly from us. I think those are really important things. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like my experience, my limited experience, that the PMs and customers should be very tightly aligned and even the PM should be on the calls with the clients and the customers with this, but obviously the CSM there to like kind of, um, lead the conversation, but they should just be there to hear the feedback firsthand. Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing now with all these new, these new technologies is you can record all your calls and just like, yeah. <laughs> the first thing after them. But again, I do think there's just a ton of value in having them sit down with, with certain customers every so often and hearing that feedback right from them. 
Yep, for sure, for sure. Uh, what kind of one last thing on on this topic? Like, I was just doing some research right before this, and uh, you know, it sounds like uh, the vast majority of companies say that they think CS and product teams should be working closely together, but only like a much smaller percentage are actually doing it actively. And I'm curious why you think that might be the case. Like you you know, understanding just the way we work, it's, there's clearly a lot of overlap in, you know, what sort of metrics we might be responsible for. Like, why do you think there is like that, you know, lack of, uh, you know, coherence? Yeah. The, the one thing that I could think of as being a potential issue is just like an overload of feedback. And if there are teams out there on the CS side that, are just having a hard time prioritizing things or understanding what the roadmap is for the product team and just kind of throwing things at them nonstop. I can see that just causing an issue in, in the communication and, and not having the teams work closely together because I can imagine how that would be frustrating for, for people in your shoes where you have a, a roadmap in mind and then you have people just kind of throwing random feedback at you nonstop and it's more of a why isn't this working why hasn't this been built yet versus like versus this is our mission we know where we're going and yeah if we can add these in along the way that would be super helpful for the customers yeah it's like kind of trying to separate like the current friction points or like bugs popping up in the platform versus like the value that you that you want to add as a product person exactly yeah Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. So it sounds like the, the answer is like, you know, basically teams need to work organizationally to create these initiatives and workflows and uh, to make sure that there is that, that, you know, that working together in unison. Um, that's, that's good feedback. Thanks. Cool. I think that about does it for us. I think we're popping up on my free Zoom account. Uh, <laughs> 40 minute limit i got a little pop-up true startup life <laughs> we're scrappy we're getting it done yeah. all right well i appreciate you coming on john uh, big shout out to you for, for doing this and giving us a perspective of uh someone on the customer facing side that i feel like most product people don't actually get to see or hear from very often yeah yeah Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I really appreciate it. I'm a huge fan, so this is really, this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, appreciate cool. you, man. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, thanks to everybody who's watched. I uh, hope you're staying safe out there. Uh, tune in next week for our next episode. And don't forget to subscribe. We need to get those sub subscribers up. This is grinding out here. True. <laughs> come on, come on. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.